This is Chris McGregor. The work of Discerning Hearts really could not continue without your prayers and support. Between now and December 31st, please consider making a year-end tax-deductible gift. Click the Donate button on DiscerningHearts.com or inside the Discerning Hearts free app. Your generous support will allow us to continue the programming you have come to expect from us, like those from Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Monsignor John Essif, Archbishop George Lucas, and so many more. Please prayerfully consider supporting our mission, which is dedicated to those on the spiritual journey. Thank you, and God bless from all of us at Discerning Hearts. DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined once again by Father Robert Spitzer, who is the president of the Magis Center of Reason and Faith and the Spitzer Center. He was the president of Gonzaga University from 1998 to 2009. He's the author of many books, including Healing the Culture, Finding True Happiness, Five Pillars of the Spiritual Life, The Light Shines On in the Darkness, The Soul's Upward Yearning, and God So Loved the World. With Father Robert Spitzer, we go inside the pages of Christ versus Satan in Our Daily Lives, The Cosmic Struggle Between Good and Evil. Published by Ignatius Press. Father Spitzer, thank you so much for once again joining me. It's great to be with you again, Chris, and thank you, uh, uh, too, for uh, uh, giving me a little bit of your time and your, your good uh, uh, fan base there to, uh, to just uh, talk about this new book. I love this book. And you hit this one right out of the ballpark. It is phenomenal, Father Spitzer. Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, uh, uh, I just uh, I couldn't uh, stop myself from writing it. I just was taking a look around and going, what's happening to our culture? What's happening in uh, not just uh, you know the the outside world, but even in our church and in our hearts? There's something going on that just betokened evil, and I just thought, I I really need to bring evil and even the spirit of evil uh, into, um, into focus uh, for not just Catholics, but Catholics who want to share this book with other people or share passages of the book with other people, because I think we need to get uh, focused on What's going on here, and what's happening in our culture, and what's been the groundwork that's been laid by this evil spirit? The fact that the evil spirit is real, this is not just some medieval myth, this is not just some cartoon character, this is not a little kid's uh, fable to keep people in line. This is a very real evil spirit. So I thought I'm just going to point out the reality of evil and just talk about how does he work. Uh, what does he do? How, what are his tactics? And then, of course, talk uh, a little bit about those eight deadly sins. I know most people talk about seven deadly sins, but I separate pride from vanity. I think they're um, really quite different. And mm-hmm. and so I, I've just uh, used the old synthesis, which was eight deadly sins uh, before the seventh century. <laughs> Well, the Desert Fathers would be proud of you for doing that. Oh, yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, I'm following their good uh, good line. <laughs> you sure are. And you're also, I think, you're so steeped in the spirituality, if, if, I, if I may be so bold to say this, of your 
the founder of your incredible order, St. Ignatius of Loyola. Oh, yeah. There's no one who knows better than he. (laughs) Oh, man. I mean, this book, it just feels like his guidance through all of this because, yes, it does give us a sense of the strategy, the tactics of the enemy, but more so it's a book uh, that really... It's spiritual direction in a very real way. It's the the deeper understanding of what the battle between the enemy and the soul. Exactly, and that's what it was intended to be. And I totally agree with you. I think St. Ignatius of Loyola was basically uh, sort of not just guiding me, but inspiring me to, to write it. You mm-hmm. know, and at first I thought, you know, if I write a book on evil, I, and by the way, I... I have seen the results of evil, so I I know very well how powerful the evil spirit is uh, when he gets into the life of, uh, into the heart, into the being of somebody, uh, you know, and uh, I can just see uh, the results of his quote-unquote handiwork uh, in the culture. But, um, you know, I just thought, it's getting so dark out there. Um, I just I better write a book, and, and I every time I tried to run away from it and sort of say, Oh, I don't want people thinking, you know, what's the matter with spirit uh, with Spitzer here? You know, he, you know, he, he's a scientific guy. He 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 works on studies and and uh, you know uh, surveys. He he you know he's very very careful. What in the world is he talking about an evil spirit for? Because the evil spirit is as real as you and me. And of course, in 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 many respects, he's controlling what's going on in the culture. You know, uh, to to such a great degree. Uh, he's got a head start here, and uh, I just think the Lord really needs our collective assistance to start pointing this out to people and not being shy. And you know, I'm I'm begging people, you know, to take a chance. And and I think Saint Ignatius was begging me to take a chance to to basically say, look, you know, ignore the consequences. Let people, you know, ridicule you for believing in an evil spirit. Just tell people it's the reality and get this thing off the ground. So that's why I included chapter three, you know, which had, you know, those diaries of the exorcisms, um, you know, that are so very real uh, in this world today. And, um, uh, you know, as you know, the, the, the rate of occult um, behavior and um, the rate of occult ritual, the rate of possessions is skyrocketing today, mm-hmm. which, of course, is commensurate with what's going on in, in the culture. Yeah, I think there's even a picture that I'm recalling that's near the entrance to the apartments of St. Ignatius in Rome, and it actually shows him conducting an exorcism. Yep, Uh, that's exactly correct. So you must have, uh, I lived in that house for three years. Mm. Uh, That was called the Jezu there, and as you kind of go into the Jezu, there's a little uh, entryway, and then you can go right to the rooms of St. Ignatius of Loyola, and as you're going right into the antechamber there, uh, there you have it. And, um, of course, he knew very well how the evil spirit worked, not just from the exorcisms, but also in those wonderful rules for the discernment of spirits. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why it is so you, because it is so readable. It's so, it's, oh, it, it's so much fun, and it's like I don't want to let it go because it's just it's so rich. But it has that St. Ignatius feel because you begin by firmly anchoring us in the reality that God loves us. Okay, so now yep. if you're going to move forward in this, in this conversion, moving towards him, this is what you're going to encounter. But don't you forget that God is with you. That's exactly the point. The first two chapters are 
God is very real. God is with us. God manifests his power uh, in the world. There's a Holy Spirit out there who is uh, not only guiding us and helping us, inspiring us, uh, but also uh, really gives us the sense of uh, uh, consolation and desolation uh, that helps uh, to, to guide us and to, you know, maneuver, uh, you know, within the bounds of our human freedom, but very, very real. And I put in a whole appendix on contemporary scientifically validated miracles. And, and the reason I did that was because I wanted to say, look, God is real not only through the Holy Spirit, not only through uh, these uh, uh, wonderful manifestations of mysticism, uh, but also he is real in Mary, in the, in, in the saints, and in, in the Eucharistic miracles. And uh, so here's a, just a smattering of what's been going on, and by the way, when you know this book was published before I had all the the uh, the data on the Sokolka Eucharistic miracle and uh, the one in Tixla, Mexico, mm-hmm. uh, which are even more spectacular than the one in Buenos Aires that was overseen by Pope Francis. So, in, in a way, you know, I just thought, yes, God's power needs to be manifest, and then Chapter Two is uh, definitely about Christ's victory over Satan, but still we have human freedom. Still, you know, there there is the evil spirit who uh, God allows uh, to be in the world and and uh, allows us the honor, the privilege of battling and 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 uh, struggling with uh, in order to do something noble for His Church, uh, in order to uh, uh, to to try and make a difference uh, to the world around us. And so, uh, in a way, um, you know, we're called. Uh, not only to struggle in our personal lives, you know, as we move toward virtue and moral conversion, to struggle with the, the evil spirit, but we're also called on behalf of others uh, to struggle uh, as well, uh, to point out not only that the evil spirit is real, but sometimes uh, to get into the ministry of, of either exorcism or um, the ministry of um, of uh, you know deliverance prayers things of that nature, um, but more especially to just be good spiritual directors to one another, to let people know that what's going on in the culture right now is black is white and white is black and sometimes you look at this and you think, you know, wow, I, this this is upside down and it is upside down. I mean, half of what you read in the press is upside down. And and then uh, I, I decided in the Eight Deadly Sins section, you know, chapters mm-hmm. 5 and 6, I just thought, well, you know, I'm just going to point out how every single solitary deadly sin has been either justified or extolled by recent, you know, uh, uh, movies, uh, either, you know, to point out the irony in our culture or, you know, to actually, you know, they've all bought the, the you know, the... Uh, the um the uh the the Kool-Aid. So mm-hmm. um yeah, I mean Gordon Gecko in the great uh, you know in that movie uh, Wall Street, you know, when he's talking um uh with uh, his board of directors uh, says that line greed for lack of a better word is good. <laughs> mm. I mean that says it all, mm-hmm. you know, you, everything's on its head. And so what does the devil do? Well, he tempts, yes. But secondly, he deceives. He is a liar and a murderer from the beginning, as St. John's Gospel uh, says. And so, yeah, his deceptions are are so manifest. So I thought, well, I think I'm going to point all this out, and I'm hoping that people will share this with other people so that we can stop, as it were, hiding 
the evil spirit, um, you know, in uh, some corner somewhere. Let's just bring them on to focus. Don't give them too much overemphasis. Don't be looking for them behind every, you know, uh, you know, rock and, you know, uh, underneath every rock. But basically take a look uh, around you in your life. Be absolutely sensitive, as St. Ignatius of Loyola would say. He's very real. He's trying to pull you into his plan. And uh, our objective is to pull Christ into our plan and uh, to have uh, uh, the privilege, the honor of battling uh, Satan along with Christ in our daily lives. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that Discerning Hearts has a free app in which you can find all your favorite Discerning Hearts programming? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Deacon James Keating, Mike Aquilina, Dr. Matthew Bunsen, and so many more are found on the Discerning Hearts free app. Did you also know that you can stream Discerning Hearts programming on numerous streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and so many more. And did you know that Discerning Hearts also has the YouTube page? Be sure to check out all these different places where you can find Discerning Hearts. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Inside the Pages. We're talking with Father Robert Spitzer about his book, Christ vs. Satan in Our Daily Lives, The Cosmic Struggle Between Good and Evil. Yeah, the beauty of St. Ignatius of Loyola and the discernment of spirits and the spiritual exercises is to set you free, yeah. and to realize what you're dealing with and those temptations. And this is what's so beautiful about this book is because is this yeah. awareness of our call to conversion that whole section, the God of love is with us. We even talk about mysticism, Christian mysticism, yeah. what it looks like and what it doesn't look like. You're so wise in reminding us that we don't have to look for the devil under every rock. 
he knows you're going to be looking for him there. Instead, he's going to tempt you. And that's the temptation is 90, what is it, Father, 95 to 98% of how the devil works in our world? Oh, yeah, it's a huge amount. And you know, when he's not tempting us, he's he's lying to us. But yeah, the vast majority of occurrences are not house hauntings, obsessions, and possessions. They really are basic temptations. And he's got a whole you know, menu of items that he works with when he, he tempts us. He knows what we're vulnerable to. He knows how we're vulnerable. Of course, Christ knows how to counter that through the Holy Spirit, as St. Ignatius of Loyola tells us. But we have to be attentive. We're free human beings. We're rational beings. And so St. Ignatius says, well, we, we have to be very attentive here. We have to look at this very, very carefully. And so uh, Ignatius says, okay, um, uh, what, what can we do to, to sort of protect ourselves? Well, the first thing, number one, is know yourself. What, 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 what are you vulnerable uh, to, to? So uh, study those eight deadly sins, and which ones, you know, there's probably three of them that are going to nail, you know, not just you, but, I mean, nail any particular person in, mm-hmm. in, in uh, you know, in, in a more special or, you know, specified way than um, those other sins, you know. So, like, uh, sloth was never a problem in my life. Never. I, I just never thought of wasting my life and throwing my gifts away. That, that's just not my thing. But uh, pride? Oh, 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 yeah. I mean, that one, I, I can definitely, definitely be, um, you know, sometimes almost narcissistic, which leads, of course, opens the door to anything else. Uh, so you, you have to be very, very careful there. So you know yourself, that's the first thing. You know, what, what, are, what are the, 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 the touch points that the evil spirit will go after you? The second thing is, you know, if he can come after you, says St. Ignatius, with just great guns, right, just throw some image in front of your mind and just watch you topple as you, you know, as you, as you lunge forward into the temptation, oh, he will do that. Uh, no question about that. He's not going to, um, you know, hold back if he doesn't have to. But as you become more and more converted, says St. Ignatius, then you kind of have to know he's going to change tactics. So he's not, he's not just going to throw something at you that, you know, you will fall for right away. So if you've got a greed penchant, he throws something at you that he just knows you're going to bite. Or if you've got a lust penchant, he's going to throw something at you, and he knows you're going to bite. Or if you've got an anger penchant, he's just going to throw something at you, et cetera, et cetera. So instead, uh, you know, what he does is he starts off a little more subtly, and then, uh, you know, put some rationalizations in there as well so you can rationalize off what you're doing. So, you know, basically, uh, if you put something too obvious there, you go, oh, no, uh, th- this is going to drag me into something, uh, a place where I don't want to go. I don't want my imagination to go. So I'm, I'm cutting this off right now. So instead, he kind of comes over, and he's got just a very subtle thing, and you go, well, this is not too bad, you know. I'm just just looking at, you know, this item here that, you know, a new house, I really need it, you know. I mean, it's, uh, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I don't have enough self-aggrandizement as it is, so uh, I'll just, just take a look at this. What's the harm in looking at a house? And then, of course, you've got the rationalizations. He, you know, comes at it with a whole raft of things that, to, to justify it, and then he he kind of says, well, you know, why don't you go ahead and uh, think about this? And, 
And uh, by the way, you know, there's this other one that's uh, even a little bit better uh, mm-hmm. if you're going to do entertainment, whatever. So he's he's pulling you in in a very gradual way. So it's sort of like a little temptation and so forth. And I think, you know, the, the movie Wall Street, for example, is very good how Gordon Gecko does this to old Bud, uh, mm-hmm. you know, this young uh, intern that uh, finally he kind of sucks him in slowly but surely, increases, increases, pulls him into more and more dastardly things, right, that are against the law and things. He's got him really sucked in. And then, of course, he says, you know, hey, your dad's company, uh, you know, the one that um, – uh, he's the the main labor uh, you know person for, you know this is uh, this is a real good piece of property. I could just buy this thing. I could dismantle it, sell it for pieces. And Bud goes, well, all those people would be unemployed. I mean, uh, they'd all be fired. And Gordon Gecko goes, who cares? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it. You know, and, and so now he's got Bud really, you know, locked in between. He's caught up in the lifestyle, caught up in the girlfriend, caught up in the the penthouse, you know, Manhattan, you know, condo, the whole thing. And he's he's got him completely seduced. And Bud has to think for a second, should I just, you know, kill my dad off and his whole labor union and the whole, you know, company of people that's been doing all this work for this company low these many years? I mean, and he finally comes to his senses and goes... I will not cross this barrier. Gecko thought he had him, thought he'd, he'd do it, you know, mm-hmm. and that way, you know, the kind of the seduction was complete, but Bud turns around, of course, turns state evidence on him. But that's the way he works. And, and so, you know, that's a kind of a second phase. And then as your moral conversion continues to increase, right, mm-hmm. and you're not going to go even for the, you know, you kind of know when he's edging at you on the horizon. You sort of see him coming in with whatever temptation it is. You see him coming in ever so subtly. It's just a little thought, et cetera, et cetera. You already got him down. You just say, I'm not going there. I'm not letting my imagination go there. I'm turning to the Blessed Mother. I'm turning to the Lord. I'm just going to turn to the Holy Spirit. I'm, I'm moving out of this. So he then has to switch sides. He has to say, okay, I'm going to come at you with something that looks good, but I can deceive you. So instead of the overt temptation, it's going to be the bait-and-switch deception. So that's what St. Ignatius calls the rules for the second week. Mm-hmm. He comes over and he goes, Chris, you know, you really are making progress in the spiritual life. I mean, you are actually uh, <laughs> you're resisting me at every turn. But uh, he comes as an angel of light and says, Chris, this is God speaking. Uh, What I want you to do is just rid yourself of those eight deadly sins as soon as possible. You know, I mean, I think tomorrow would be a good time. So there he starts in. He's going to give you a task that's impossible. He's going to push you to a point where it looks like it's God speaking, right? The devil looks like an angel of light, but he's coming with an exaggeration. He's coming with uh, something that's pious, but it's so pious you'll never be able to accomplish it. He knows that if you bite for this, you won't be able to conquer all eight deadly sins tomorrow. And his objective in doing this is to do two things. 
first, of course, when you fail, and you will fail, mm-hmm. because you're taking on more than God would ever ask you. Remember, it's not God asking you to do this. It's just the devil sounding like God asking you to do this. So when you fail, the first thing is you become discouraged, and you think, I'll never be able to succeed. Now, you know, I, I've succumbed to this, sin, and I can just see myself, I'm just going to keep doing this, and God's an ogre anyway because, you know, he's asking me to do all these things. Of course, it isn't God, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's the devil pretending to be God, coming as an angel of light, and so he's got you, you know, getting the wrong conception of God, he's got you getting, the, uh, you know, a, a sense of, of discouragement, I can never keep battling this thing. You know, God doesn't want me to go in small steps. He wants me harder, faster, better yesterday. Get it done. You know, what's the matter with you? And of course, that's not God. And then what happens is your trust, your hope, and your love decrease. So Ignatius says, "How? what's the first rule for the discernment of spirits? If you did something pious, if you did something that you thought was holy, if you did something you thought was good, and you wind up with a decrease in trust in God, a decrease in hope in your, for your salvation, and a decrease in love, he's saying, oh, there's a problem here. In other words, the Holy Spirit is never going to tempt you, is never going to give you a suggestion, is never going to give you an inspiration that will in the long term lead to a decrease in trust, a decrease in hope, and a decrease in love. That can only be the evil spirit. However, if you do something holy or pious or good, and you see an increase in trust, hope, and love, then, of course, it wasn't the evil spirit. That's really the Holy Spirit. And so Ignatius says, as you move, as you kind of get these movements to do something, like let's do penances or something like that, and then all of a sudden you feel this inspiration Okay, uh, Chris, go ahead and wear a hair shirt and put glass in your shoes. Just that's what God really wants. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, that's not what God really wants. But you, you start feeling this sense and this inspiration that that's what God would want. And then you find out, I can't do this. This is impossible. If this is what God wants, well, I, I can never do it. I'm, I'm, I'm sunk. You know, I, my salvation is, is at risk. And, and of course, a decrease in hope happens, decrease in trust in God happens, decrease in love, because you're irritated, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, all the penances you're doing, you have no time for love. Your psychic energy is on enduring all the hardship. So he's got you. So Ignatius says, just be really, really careful. He has three tactics for the completely unconverted. No problem there. I'll throw out the bait and you'll take it. And I'll just keep you feeling good and doing all these things. Although, says St. Ignatius, the Holy Spirit keeps biting you with a sense of emptiness, alienation, and loneliness. Of course, the Holy Spirit doesn't have to bite you with that because you're separating yourself from God. And Mm -hmm. so emptiness, alienation, and loneliness naturally follow from all the stuff you're doing. So, of course, you'd say, I'm having a great time. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow I'm going to die. But at the same time, you feel this sense of darkness, foreboding, deep emptiness, alienation, loneliness, guilt. And, of course, all of these things are leading you toward despair, despair, despair. So that's, that's tactic one. Tactic two is the gradual approach. I just give you a little something here. 
go ahead and take the bait. I'll provide the rationalization. And then after I'm finished providing the rationalization, I'm going to give you a little bit more of an image, something else that you really want, just a slight increase, ever so slight. And, of course, uh, I'll provide the rationalization for that. And the next thing you know, he's got your fantasy world going in a completely aberrant direction, and uh, he's you're in his grip. And then the third, of course, is when you really are trying to control your imagination, you really do see the signs, the warning signs of his presence. Then he goes with the opposite tactic. I'm going to come looking like an angel of light. I'm going to try and convince you that I'm God, but I'm going to give you all these things that are way too hard for you to do. And when you, of course, take the bait, uh, the exaggeration is already planted there. The, the time bomb is already, you know, planted there. And, of course, when it kind of blows up and you feel discouraged, you feel alienation, you feel despair, but it's not coming from being separated from God. It was you got discouraged because he fed you a deceit, a lie, and, and you kind of basically bought the package. And why do you need a, a spiritual, uh, uh, some spiritual help, uh, you know, maybe a spiritual a discerning person that, that could really help you in your life, uh, um, you know, when you're especially in that third stage, because some of those deceits are hard to recognize, mm-hmm. and it's hard to get people off the, the hook. But uh, the devil can use anybody to, to kind of get somebody uh, really, really discouraged. But uh, hang tough. Uh, I'll give you a summary of those rules in Chapter 4 and some of the tactics in uh, the Deadly Sins chapters in Chapters 5 and 6. We'll continue our conversation with Father Spitzer in our next episode. With Father Robert Spitzer, we've gone inside the pages of Christ versus Satan in Our Daily Lives, The Cosmic Struggle Between Good and Evil. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to Ignatius.com, the website for its publisher, Ignatius Press, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this particular conversation, visit DiscerningHearts.com, or you can find it inside the Discerning Hearts free app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about DiscerningHearts.com and join us next time for Inside the Pages, Insights from Today's Most Compelling Authors.